Omagyanatinirandasya Kyananjana Salakaya Chakshuru Militamena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha Ajunulambita Bhujo Kanakavadato Sankitanai Kupitoro Kamalaya Taksho Vishwamboro Dvijaboro Yugodharma Palo Jagat Priyakuro Karuna Bhuttaro Mandeshi Krishna Chaitanya Nittanda Sohorito Guru Dai Pushpavanto Chitro Sangotamono Deyam Sada Paribhagnam Bhishtaduham Tetasparam Shivavarinchi Nutam Sharanyam Pritati ham pranatapala pavadipotam Vande mahapurushate charanada vindam Tyakpasudus charasurepsita raja lakshmin Dharmishtarya vachasa yaragadaranyam Mayamrigam daita epsita manvadhavad Vande mahapurushate charanada vindam Uvarnavane mango varnangas chandanagari Sanyasakitsamashanto nishtashanti parayana Bharagya vidya nijabakti jogam Shikshatameka purusha purana Shri Krishna chaitanya sharira dari Kripambuliyastam mahampapadde He Krishna karuna sindhu Dinabandhu jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchan Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vishwabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Shri Guru Vashnav Guru Parampara Ki Jai Harinam Prabhu Ki Jai Gaur Bhaktabinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande So good morning everyone Welcome. I'd like to thank our hosts for hosting us and inviting us here. And um, all of you for coming. Uh, and to our uh, newest members of the card carrying members of the Sambadaya to be. Thank you for coming. It's um, sometimes it's it's clearly mentioned, I should say, in in uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that the holy name of Krishna is being non-different from Krishna himself, is fully independent, and the extent to which he is so is emphasized in a particular way in Chaitanya Charitamrita relative to the gathering here this morning. And that is that it's said to be, he is said to be Nam Prabhu, independent of Diksha. Diksha means, of course, initiation. So at the same time, we are gathered here to give the Harinam initiation. So perhaps some explanation is required. Hmm? The idea is that, uh, as I mentioned, 
the name of Krishna, being non-different from Krishna, is fully independent. As it's mentioned in Bhagavat, he is Swarat. Hmm? Uh, and his own Shakti, his Swarup Shakti, that uh, Bhakti is constituted of, Bhakti Shakti, is then also fully independent. Hmm? Only Bhakti can give Bhakti. Bhaktiya samjadaya Bhaktiya. So, then again, what is the meaning of such a, a gathering and the idea of Harinam initiation? We know there is mantra diksha. Mantra is, is, is also contains the names, particular names of the deity that will be worshipped by the uh, students. And, uh, of course, the mantra corresponds with a particular deity that the students have uh, chosen in their heart of hearts as their Ishta, the Ishta Devata, the Lord of their their life. <clears throat> and that uh, mantra, as I say, it consists of names, but it's a particular formula at the same time. The petition is a petition. And, and it's very clear throughout the scripture that such uh, sharing, if you will, imparting of the mantra is uh, dependent upon diksha. At the same time, however, it is said about Krishna mantras that uh, they don't require the empowerment hmm, on the part of the guru for them to have power. This is the way of saying how powerful, again, is the name of Krishna contained as it is within the mantra, the Krishna mantra, like Gopal mantra is the, is, the, is the principal Krishna mantra, and all Krishna mantras come from there, 18-syllable Krishna mantra. Hmm. So even with regard to Krishna mantra, there is some peculiarity or uh, uh, uniqueness in, in comparison to all other, even Vaishnav mantras, Ram mantra, Nisinga mantra, and so on and so forth. Okay. Still, the fact is that although Krishna is independent and in the form of the Nam, for example, Hare Krishna mantra, he appears just uh, without any petition, unlike the mantra, petitioning in a particular way. Submitting the mantra, Krishna mantra is about swaha. It's about sharanagati, about surrender. And uh, Hare Krishna Nam mantra is 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 more about um, celebration. It's in the vocative, and Krishna mantra is in the dative case. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, one, of course, the mantra is supposed to help us with regard to celebrating the liberated position of the other. One, the mantra is, most to, is meant to help us to attain liberation where we can take advantage of the liberated nature of the name. Hmm? Um, but still it would seem, from what I've said thus far, that these are somewhat independent then of the ceremony 
uh, whether gather here for today to give Harinam or, for that matter, to give Mantra Diksha of Krishna Nam, of, of Krishna Mantra. But the idea is that although Krishna is independent, Jiva Goswami has explained in his Bhakti Sandarbha that nonetheless he has a way of doing things of his own choice. He can do as he likes, and he does. And he chooses then to reveal himself through Guru Parampara. He doesn't have to. In a way, he does. And as much as he's controlled by love, and the devotees in the Guru Parampara are embodiments of love for him. So he's bound, in one sense, by that love for them to give himself in terms of their own uh, discretion. And so, although he goes everywhere, not entirely independent of Guru Parampara, because without such Guru Parampara, the name doesn't descend in the world at all, through kirtan, uh, in, in, in literature, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So even in the broadest sense, he chooses to give himself through his uh, devotees. But in a specific sense, with regard to chanting in a systematic way and progressing spiritually step by step under good guidance, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu set the example when he refused to take uh, the offerings of food from his own mother because she had not been initiated into the chanting of the holy name. And so she promptly went to Advaita Acharya and um, received the Nam Diksha, if you will. In other words, Krishna chooses to reveal himself through his devotees in Guru Parampara. And if we are, want to take full advantage of the holy name and realize its independent position, then we will uh, be successful in doing so when we get the blessing of the Vaishnava to chant the holy name and we chant under his or her guidance. So although the name is independent of Diksha, it can do, he can do whatever he likes. He chooses to do like this. So we will want to do as he does. And therefore you've gathered here today uh, yourselves to receive the blessing for chanting and so many other Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis have come to give their encouragement and blessing as well. <clears throat> It said that um, there are no hard and uh, fast rules. Chaitanya Dev himself said that with regard to chanting. And he said it also, he said it in a particular way, which is interesting. He says, Nam namakari bahudani jasarva shakti tatrarpita niyamita smarane nakala. Smarane nakala. Niyamita. Smarane means remembrance. Kirtan is not a form of Remembrance, kirtan is, is unto itself, singing or meditation. Kirtan is not a meditation, it fosters meditation. But we also take the name of Krishna or chant the name of Krishna in japa. And japa is a limb, if you will, of, uh, of smaranam or meditation. And with regard to meditation then, there are so many rules governing so many mantras. With regard to time, and place. If you do smarnam of your mantra, there is a direction to face, there is a time to do, a time not to do, and so forth, and there are other regulations 
surrounding that um, um, the, uh, the chanting, the remembering, the meditating upon the mantra, Krishna mantra. Uh, Mahaprabhu was talking about Namsan Kirtan, but he says with regard to the chanting of the holy name, there is no such regulations. And he uses the word samaranam, so it covers the japa also of the holy name. He said there are no regulations for this, this kind of samaranam, non-samaranam. Anytime, any place, one round, sixteen rounds, sixteen hundred and eight rounds, kirtaniya sadahari, somehow come to this, is the idea. No hard, as Prabhupada translated, and fast rules. And then with regard to the receiving the blessing and the diksha, so, so to speak, of, of Harinam uh, for, for chanting under the guidance of the Guru, um, the eligibility for, for this is Shraddha, faith. What is the faith then? It is faith in the efficacy of the name and as it is described in the sacred literature in Revelation. And that's uh, considerable. And we should not think that uh, um, it's an exaggeration. Wonderful things can happen, the most wonderful things by chanting. They don't happen all the time to everyone, but they are instances in which all of the glories that have been mentioned have happened to someone at some time. And so we should think, Nam Chintamani, there's great potential in this name. All things can come from this. Nonetheless, um, there are, as you may know, uh, uh, offenses to the name that should be avoided. Now, this takes us to another kind of realm, so to speak. What I mean by that is that with regard to our material desires uh, that distract us and so forth, to take the holy name and be blessed to chant in a, in a uh, uh, ceremony like this, all that is required is faith in the efficacy of the name and revelation. That, but, but perfect knowing, you have to have faith that perfect knowing, which will re- result in perfect happiness, requires a perfect method to arrive at. And that perfect method is, as I like to say, the, uh, it's the folded hands. Hmm? Perfect. We have imperfect means of knowing through mind and senses and so forth and our intellect. Tarko hmm? pratishtanat. It's circular. You never get anywhere by logic. Hmm? Any logic can be defeated by another logic. Of course, we have a logic to the holy name and so forth, but our logic is this is much of it, that logic has its limitations, reason has its limitations. It leaves us on the outside of the, of the, of the jar of honey without tasting. Faith, as I mentioned last night, is really a call to, to adhere to truth. Reason is, is thinking about the truth. Therefore, faith is really, reason is really an aspect of faith. People think that Faith is, is the absence of reason, but it's, 
Actually, reason is only an aspect of faith, because by reason we can think about the truth, we can reason about it, but we aren't necessarily called to do anything about it. Hmm? Faith is that which calls us to the, the, the answering, really, hmm? to the call. It's an active um, affair. Therefore, for example, Thakur Bhakti Vinod has made a connection between faith and Sharanagati. And it may sound like a stroke of genius, but it's right there in Bhagavad Gita. Sarva Dharma Purikshajamekam Sharanambraja. It's the end of the Gita and Krishna's talking to Arjuna. He says, Now for sure, once and for all, you have uh, I have awakened faith in you. Hmm? Before he says that, he says, Manmanabhava madbhakto madhyaji mamnamaskuru. The second time he said something like this. The difference between how he said it in the ninth chapter and the eighteenth chapter is Krishna is practically begging Krishna, begging Arjuna, become my devotee. For my sake, do it. Hmm? If you love me, in the ninth chapter he says, do this. In the eighteenth chapter he says, I love you, please do this. Choose the right thing. I've gone through all these chapters and all these verses and I've talked about so many different things. Indirectly and directly, however, I've really only been speaking about bhakti, either directly or indirectly. Now I want to make it very clear to you. Please, I love you. Become my devotee. Trust me. I trust you. Think of me. Offer your respect to me. Do all these devotional activities. And, and, then, and do with them on this stage, he says. Sharanagati. Sarva dharman puritya jamami kam sharanambraja. This is Shraddha and this is Sharanagati. Sharanagati means surrender. Shraddha means faith. He's saying, Sarva dharman puritya Reject all other dharmas, duties, all other um, religious ideas that uh, are meant to call your progress to one extent or another. Hmm? And do this one thing. Take shelter of me alone. In Leela, in Bhagwat, we find this in, um, in Govardhan Leela. Govardhan Leela is particularly interesting to us because Krishna performed many wonderful feats in Vrindavan, but many of them were known only to the cowherds, only to the Sakas, his friends. And they would return in the day, in the evening, and tell the wondrous stories of the killing of uh, this demon and that demon and, and so forth. And uh, the parents would think they were wonderful stories and, uh, and whatnot. Uh, uh, but when, it, uh, when the whole community was gathered for making a yagya for, for Indra, this is very significant, they were making yagya for Indra, they were worshipping Indra and thinking of themselves as being dependent upon Indra, inasmuch as they were an agricultural community, and agriculture depends upon rains. Hmm? Uh, grains depend upon rains, grasses, and the cows, they were cow people. Cows need grasses, so they were thinking themselves dependent upon Indra for their sustenance. What is the heart, then, the Surup Lakshan of Sharanagati? There's a, there's, Surup Lakshan means the primary characteristic of surrender. This is kind of a vague word. We say sometimes surrender, and you go, what does it mean? How will I, how will I do that? It's an anga of bhakti, but bhakti, you know, Thakur took that anga and made much, uh, 
emphasis on that. It's prominent in the Ramanuja Sampradaya and very prominent in the, the Paribhara or the lineage of Bhakti Vinod that we come in um, as well. And he's explained it as being sixfold. So of those sixfold aspects of Sharanagati, the center of it, the Swaruplaksha, the primary characteristic of it, is Gopritve Varanam Tata. Gopritve Varanam Tata means that I accept Krishna as my maintainer. The Brajbasins in Vrindavan, they were thinking our sustenance, our maintenance, is uh, dependent upon the grace of Indra. Hmm? Krishna asked them, where'd you get this idea? Anyway, hmm? is this, this come in the parampara? <laughs> he, he said. Is, this, uh, uh, is there any support for this idea? Nanda Baba was not a big Vedantin by any means, and so he just, well, you know, we've just been doing it for a long time. <laughs> Seems to be the custom here. And of course, Krishna interfered with the whole thing, and he said, look, instead of that, he used the logic, we're agricultural people, who knows if these gods even exist? We've got a mountain here, we know, we know that, that on it grows grasses for our cows, and, and thereby our livelihood is met, so let's worship the hill. It sounds like a real, like a, we're going down the, theologically from, a, from an idea of gods in the heavens to a, to a kind of pantheistic or, a, or a, a animistic, um, idea of a religious worship, the local mountain, kind of, hmm? So there's so, there's much to be, you know, learned from, from this and from many different, different sides. Um, um, and uh, there is something to be said for regarding things that are near to us and close to us uh, on earth and so forth. Um, but if we look closely at the Govardhan Lila, we find it takes us to the height of theological insight at the same time. It's called Aprakrita, this Lila. It means it's like, it looks like ordinary life. It looks like some village people worshipping a local mountain because hmm, they don't know any better or something like that. Hmm? Aprakrita. Prakrita means ordinary, mundane. And Aprakrita means it, it looks like the mundane, but it's entirely, uh, trans, very highly transcendental. This is an instance, of course, Christianly, of the infinite taking a finite like appearance in order for there to be intimacy between the finite and himself, for there to be the possibility of closeness hmm? without any Aishvarya. But he showed Aishvarya, as you know. Indra sent rains of wrath, and Krishna gathered everyone up, lifted the Govardhan hill, and everyone came underneath, and they were protected. It's a long story. But the point I'm making here is that the whole of Vrindavan in this Leela exemplified Sharanagati. In other words, they gave up the Indra Yagya, the Indra Puja, and the sense that they were dependent upon another god hmm, or goddess hmm, and simply took shelter of Krishna. This is the heart of Sharanagati. They are, of course, far more than Sharanagatas, surrendered souls. But the Sharanagati that is complete in Ruchi, which, which uh, is, sets up the stage, hmm, you dancers, so you know, you have to have a stage to dance on. Hmm? 
of some kind, <laughs> even if it's your own, made. So uh, we have to have a stage in our heart if, the Christian, if Krishna is to dance there and perform his leela. This is the stage on which um, the, 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 uh, the Broadway and better show, <laughs> if you will, if Krishna mm-hmm. leela is coming, uh, coming soon, something like that, <laughs> soon to appear in your heart, as much as the stage of Sharanagati is erected, hmm? then he will come. He's coming after that stage is erected. So this is what we have the culture, Sharanagati. And Sharanagati corresponds with Shraddha. It's, it's, in other words, it's an active thing, faith. Faith is a call to truth, to, to participating in the truth, to answering to the truth, not just thinking about it. Therefore, Bhaktivinotaka wisely in following the Gita as I'm mentioning, Sarvadharma Prithyaja. Give up all the other considerations of of Dharma, of what's righteous which will 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 should sustain you, righteous activity and so forth, and, and simply take shelter of Krishna. So this this is Shraddha. This this kind of faith then is this it, it corresponds with the with with uh, in what you what you do as a result of the action that it, that it fosters, hmm, simply taking shelter of Krishna. This is the stage on which hearing and chanting should be performed. So, we have to hear, we have to chant the holy name, and we have to do it in such a way that uh, that we, we come to this, uh, uh, we embrace this heart, if you will, of Sharanagati. That I'm, that, you, know, you can be Sharanagati as a monk, or as a, as a householder, that's that's not an issue. That is the generosity of bhakti. Even the monk has a begging bowl, hmm? right? So for his or her sustenance, the monastic has to has some license. For the householder, there's there, there are more responsibilities from a worldly point of view. So the bowl's bigger. Hmm? You know, you have if you have children, it's like so forth. And you had you have the daughter; she's raised and a nice devotee now. Uh, just see, so it's a good example for all of you. <laughs> uh, so you know that that, um, that you have to have a little bigger bowl than someone like like me. But uh, 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 we have within the context, I mean to say, of Sharanagati, we have we, we have to. Um, in your situation, in householder situation, there's always, usually, hopefully, on some level, some disposable income. You can throw it all out at some point, but some of it's disposable. Some of it's and that should be given for bhakti. Hmm? That should be your fun. That is in a sharanagata, in the context of householder life, working to maintain the family. And different persons will have different standards of family maintenance that they require according to their psychology. Hmm? So householders shouldn't be envious of one another. Hmm? Some people have a big, nice standard, and a higher standard, and some people have a lesser standard, a smaller standard. According to their psychology, they should get what they need to feel comfortable hmm? materially, have both feet on the ground materially so that they can have the best capacity then for reaching up and jumping, the, touching the stars of uh, Krishna consciousness, hmm? and in the context of that, of course, as if one requires more, it earns more, then you have, should have more to offer hmm? for the mission. So the fun should be 
of our sort of life, the spreading of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which is the spreading of your own Krishna consciousness to facilitate, to create facilities that you yourself can participate in, take, it, take advantage of. So, this, uh, my point here is that the adhikar, or eligibility for, part, for coming forward like this and taking initiation, is shraddha, and it corresponds with sharanagati. And you may have, uh, even animals can be sharanagatas. It's possible. So it's not about how many material desires you have or how many material desires you don't have. It's not about that. Material desires are a very small thing. They seem big to us. But from one who has stepped back from that, you can see, she can see, it's a, it's a very small thing. It's like moss. It, it has no roots. You're rooted elsewhere. You're rooted in Brahman. You're rooted in the Absolute. Material conditioning is just a surface affair. So, therefore, and bhakti is powerful. So, one can come to bhakti from any material condition, the lowest of the low, we hear. You know, in the Vedic culture, they invoke the word chandala, dog eaters. It was the lower section of the society. They can take the name, the chandala, and become the guru. So, nam is very high, and Nam is very generous also. So material desires, not that we shouldn't be concerned about that as honest devotees. We want to purify our hearts and so forth, and this is what we should look for first, Cheto, Dharpana, Marjanam. But the point I'm making here is that there's a distinction between material desires, which are kind of sins of the flesh, if you will, or of the world, good or bad, in a sense, it's all karma, there's a distinction between this and a big one, and aparad. You know the word aparad, it means offense. Hmm? So there are sins of the world or sins of the flesh, and then there are sins of the soul. These are categorically different. Therefore, although there are no rules, no hard and fast rules, the only qualification for participation and, and membership so to speak, joining the family of, of, of Bhakti Vinod, as Prabhupada called it, Bhakti Vinod Paribar, hmm. uh, is your faith, regardless of your uh, uh, desires and so forth. Still we are, no rules in this regard, still there are aparad, there are offenses to the name. So I want to make this distinction as I now begin to talk about the ten offenses, they are the sins against bhakti. So this will impede our bhakti. Material desires, they'll have a difficulty impeding our bhakti. They can't really stand very well against bhakti. Of course, if our bhakti is not strong, then they'll stand a little longer. If we don't have good association, they may have the upper hand on us apparently for some time. But bhakti, if, if bhakti is rooted in us, through faith in the guru, hmm, then they'll never ultimately get the best of us. We'll stay in the ballpark, so to speak, <laughs> of bhakti, and gradually we'll, you know, hit the home run also. So material desires, they're, they're, uh, they will, we, we should 
look at them as unbecoming and so forth and uh, understand them as distraction and so forth, but we should, we should weigh them hmm, in relation to bhakti. We, we, why we do bhakti, when we chant the holy name, we are actually purchasing real estate in Goloka. Hmm? You're making an investment there. First you're paying interest, so you don't see too much at first. But those who have eyes to see, they can see. Foundation stones are going in place and so forth. Don't worry, you're making progress. Uh, once one of my godfathers asked Pujapad Sridhar Marsh, well, he made a point, a st- statement to him. He said, Gurmash, I don't feel I'm making, making any progress. And he said, no progress? He said, and you have gone through so many species of life, and now you have human life? <laughs> and in that human life, you have a guru like... Uh, Swami Prabhupada, and you think it made no progress? He was bewildered. What are you talking about? You've made no pro- So far you've gone. My God, Brother Vishnu John Maharaj used to say, the distance we have gone thus far in our material sojourn to this point of meeting our Gurudev is far greater than the distance we have to go from here to the finish. Hmm? That is a short distance. This is a huge part of the puzzle. Hmm? See, now you have the numbers to the equation. You just have to write them out, something like that. Hmm? You have everything at your disposal to go the, the whole distance. Material desires are, be, they fly away in due course. You should have that kind of confidence in bhakti. But don't go against bhakti. Hmm? So aparad, that is another thing. We see sometimes in the community this kind of confusion where morality, for example, is seen through the, or bhakti is viewed through the lens of morality rather than morality viewed through the lens of bhakti. It's a backwards thing. Hmm? We should view morality, dharma, through the lens of bhakti, sarva dharman, pritya It also means like that. That's a small thing. What you can accomplish by dharma by doing the Dharma, uh, living according to the Dharma, Dharma, uh, uh, all the righteous activities given in the scripture, the proper activities for the different types of people and so on and so forth. That's a small thing. Hmm? Practically, Krishna says, do a Dharma and come to me. Sin and come to me. We don't quite take it like that. but he's, Because if you don't do the Dharma, then you'll be culpable according to the religious uh, scriptures. You'll be guilty. You'll be there's 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 repercussions. Hmm? He says, "Don't worry about that." So he's giving. He, he wants us to have this kind of faith in bhakti. Hmm? That means you have material desires and you will embarrass yourself repeatedly by them. Hmm? But don't be discouraged by them. This is the point. Don't be discouraged. In eleventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna says, "My devotees have material desires sometimes, hmm? and they succumb to them." And then they feel bad about that. And then they go on. Hmm? They, feel, they are sincere, so they feel some remorse when they do something embarrassing. And that remorse, in of itself, rectifies them. Hmm? They don't have to go and jump in the river twice and any kind of prize chita or anything like that. They just, you're, if you standing on the ground and you fall down, you have to use the ground to get up. Hmm? You've gone all the way to the top. There's no one higher than Krishna now. You can't resort to anything else. Hmm? If you have a slip, 
who else would help you? This is your shelter. It's Krishna. You have to resort to Krishna, to bhakti. So Krishna wants to make a strong point here at the end of the Gita. Have faith in bhakti. Dharma is a small thing. You can, you can forgo it and still be successful. I mean, we should see that in the context of our bhakti, we become dharmic. And of course, much more than that. So don't, don't be discouraged. It may take some time, but it's a short time in comparison to the, you've been going for time without beginning, wandering in material existence. That's a long time. Too long to think about, isn't it? Anadi karma, anadi karma phale, babanarna budjole, Thakur says. So, aparad, that's another thing. That should be avoided. Therefore, although there are no hard and fast rules, still, and you can do it anytime, anywhere, there are things to consider. And they are the aparad. So let me go through them quickly. First offense is what? Is su, is su sadunindanam. Hmm? Sadunindha. It means to vilify the Vaishnava, the sadhu. Hmm? It also means that between uh, superlative devotees to make distinctions. That would always be to bring it down to the mundane level. Oh, he's bigger because he preaches more. Or he's bigger because he does bhajan more. Or these type of... Uh, this, is, this is actually sadhunindha to be involved in this. Hmm? This kind of thinking. Hmm? Um, we may think that my guru is the best for me, hmm? um, but uh, we should not think that uh, we have to... Uh, that, uh, uh, in the name of that, hmm, we should not criticize any other guru, any other faith connection of faith. Faith is the is our deity, not our our doormat to wipe our feet on. That uh, in the name of our faith, we we criticize the faith connection of others. Hmm? We should also it should be noted try to appreciate everyone who's chanting the holy name. Hmm? The secret to this is distance. That's all. You just have to keep enough distance from from someone, then you can appreciate any devotee. You can't get close to all of them, that's for sure. But the name is generous. She's gone. He's gone to everyone. There's so many. Hmm? People whose association, we will think, oh, that's not good for me. But the name has gone there, nonetheless. Bhakti has gone there in some way. So we have to respect her. She has gone there. But I'm not like Bhakti. <laughs> so I have to keep a little distance. When I become fully Bhakti, when I become Bhakti, and that's the goal, actually, to become Bhakti, to become love. We don't want to become Krishna, but we want to become love of Krishna. Our sarup, our spiritual form, is an embodiment of a particular taste, a bhava of love of Krishna. We want to become that. And, of course, Krishna is one with that. So we are one with Krishna, and we are different from Krishna at the same time. Veda Ved. So keep enough distance from from any devotee, then you can respect them. This is the secret. With Guru also we have to keep some distance, like the fire. So fire you can't, you, you have to have a fire. There'll be no heat, no light, no no cooking. But you can't get too close. So we have to see, uh, we have to stay in connection with the Guru, but some can get very close. Those are the ones that tell me what to do. They have a lot of affection for me. 
appreciate them too. <laughs> so, anyway, sadhu ninda, that should be avoided. We should not offend any Vaishnava. And this is emphasized perhaps more than any other um, offense. Um, that doesn't mean we have to artificially uh, respect someone who, some Vaishnava who's taken a position that the shoes to which he or she cannot really fill hmm, and is creating problems for himself or herself and, and others, but still we respect them from a distance. Hmm. And also, this is a big, big topic, but also we find in sadhus that sometimes there are some blemishes and physically and mentally also. There may be what might be a mental blemish in our estimation, which is all relative. You can meet a pure Vaishnav, Sudha Vaishnav, somewhere in Holy Dham in India, and he may say to you, be careful, all, all the women in America are prostitutes. Now, we know that's not true, but he may have heard that, and that's the only information he ever heard about America. Someone warned him, so he's warning you also to be careful. He will think, well, he's really out of touch, this guy. He's really backwards. I don't know. I want to. How can he be pure? How can he be liberated? You see, don't think like that. You have to see, oh, well, because of the cultural orientation and information and where he is and so forth, the information he's got, he's, he's, what he's, he wants to give you good advice. And, hmm? <laughs> that is his heart. It's in the relative sphere and so forth. He can give you all truths about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? Hmm? So we should be careful like this. Hmm? Even we may read Prabhupada's books very carefully think, why did he say that? How could he say that? Hmm? Something. He has a particular background also. and Prabhupada is, of course, a flaming liberal. We should be clear about that. Flaming liberal. I mean, if you look at the context in which he appears in Calcutta, you know, at the, in the, at the end of the 19th century and, and coming to America, I mean, there were so many sadhus who wouldn't, in the time of Bhakti Siddhanta, they wouldn't leave the Dham. Vaishnavas would not go outside of the Dham. I mean, Mayapur or Vrindavan or Puri because it was all just uh, dangerous and Maya out there. In fact, Gore Kishore, Dr. Babaji, advised Bhakti Siddhanta, don't, don't go out of the Dham. And he went on, and the, on, the, on the inspiration of Bhakti Vinod, his other guru, to go to Calcutta and establish a temple in, in Calcutta. Because he thought, wherever there is Maya, that's my zone. I follow that principle, too. <laughs> that's my zone. So I go there. <laughs> oh, it's invited. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so at any rate, uh, we should be careful not to offend uh, Vaishnavas, and we should understand this in a dynamic way, also, and so we don't get some psychological hang-up about it and see someone is misbehaving and misrepresenting and so forth. And I think I'm not supposed to offend him, and I'm, so I'm supposed to think he's really not. Or don't be intelligent, thoughtful. Hmm? And respect all Vaishnavas on some level. And then the second offense is to um, um, what to to consider is it the, the holy name to be um, well? It's like to consider the names of the demigods. 
to be this, on the same level as Krishna. They are in one sense. They're all different names of Krishna. All the names of demigods are named for Krishna. Sometimes we, we depict Shiva as demigod. Shiva means auspicious. Krishna is auspicious. Indra means the chief. Krishna is the chief. So all the names of the demigods are all names of Krishna. They are all particular manifestations of Krishna within the world as well. They should be highly regarded. Their names can be chanted even. They can be worshipped even. If we have the right, the proper understanding of them in relation to Krishna. Gopis worship Katyayani to get Krishna for their husband. Devi. We shouldn't worship Devi to get liberation. But we can... Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj worshipped Lord Shiva on the bank of the Ganges to get uh, some inspiration for the to for the health condition of his Gurudev, Pujapad Bihar Sridhar Maharaj. And at that time, he heard a sound that he'd never heard before. When he came back to the Mott, he related that sound, and it happened to an Ayurvedic doctor, which says, oh, that's a, that's a certain kind of medicine. And then Sridhar Maharaj took that medicine his whole life. Hmm? <laughs> so, so, we worship the demigods, but we regard them in relation to Krishna. We have that proper understanding. Hmm? That means we never offend them either. We don't say, oh, that, uh, you know, criticize the Shiva worshippers and criticize the Devi worshippers and so forth. This is a misunderstanding of bhakti. Bhakti is full of regard, full of reverence, full of worship. For even the lowest, the, the tiniest ant would speak of gods like Brahma and Shiva. In Vrindavan, what happens if, uh, if a big... Uh, Important person comes, like a Narada is a Vaidhi Bhakta. He's not a Rag Bhakta. Hmm? Rag Bhakta means like in Vrindavan, they have spontaneous love for Krishna. He has calculated love. Krishna is God. He should be worshipped. Hmm? Something like that. When he comes to Vrindavan, the inhabitants don't say, "Oh, get out of here! You're just a Vaidhi Bhakta." <laughs> they don't say that. They pay their dandavat pranam to him. Hmm? <clears throat> They're worshiping the Vaidhi Bhaktas. They're worshiping. Ramanuja Bhakta, they're worshipping. Anybody who worships, that's what they do, they worship. Trinadapi Sunit Jena, they have that kind of uh, humility. I have a, uh, a, I gave sannyas to a young man many years ago in South India, and there was a gathering of Ramanuja Sampradaya, maybe an hour away, big event in in the area, big acharya and the Sampradaya was coming. So some other young men received sannyas from another godbrother of mine. We sent the young sannyasis to go and uh, and represent us and greet the Acharya and so forth. So the young man who took sannyas from me, he came and said, Maharaj, what shall I do when I see the Acharya? Hmm? How shall I conduct myself? I said, you should think that you've met a man from Vaikuntha. So, so he went, and everyone was trying to come close to that acharya and get some blessing and get his attention and so forth. And and uh, and this sannyasi, fully in the spirit of I've just met a man from Vaikuntha, he just went out and just laid himself out on the ground, full, you know, dandavats, like this. And he wasn't re- trying to get his attention at all, but he just thought, here's a man, I should just fall over like a stick. 
man has come from Vaikuntha. And the man's Acharya's full attention came to him. And everybody goes, oh, why is he getting all, oh, all the attention? So something like that. I told him when he told me that, I said, yes, this is the Vrindavan standard. If, uh, if they meet a man from Vaikuntha, they'll pay their dandavats. They'll not say, we're Rag Bhaktas from the Godi Sambradaya. You're the Vaidhi Bhakta from Vaikuntha. Vaikuntha is a lower thing. It may be a lower thing, but the high people, this is how they think about it. That's why they're high. The higher they are, the more, the, the more of a serving attitude we have, the more humility, the more regard we have for others, the higher we are. This is what Vrindavan uh, is about. So we should um, appreciate the gods, the goddesses, and uh, other form, or to speak of other forms of, of, of Krishna. Ram, Nasringa, and so forth. We should all see, see them always in relation to our Ishta. Our Ishta, our David, is Krishna. Ram Krishna, Krishna Balaram, Radha Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Gaurnatyananda. Hmm. And third offense, Guru Avagya means, it means that, that we should not uh, disobey the orders of the Guru. We could look at an example from Prabhupada. He said, I always followed the orders of my guru. My guru ordered me to, to print books and preach in the English language and so forth. And uh, Prabhupada once, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta said to our Guru Maharaj, I think maybe in, in the Brajmandal Parakram, if you ever get money, print books, something like that. Prabhupada made it like, this is kind of more like kind of a casual remark, if you ever get money, you should print books. He was a householder. Prabhupada took it like that's an order from my guru, and he just like focused on that. And again, in one another occasion, he wrote him a letter and said, "If I, I'm living outside the mission as a householder, if any service I could do, Guru Maharaj." And shortly before the passing of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, Prabhupada, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta wrote him a letter and said, "I think it would be good, you know, if you could preach in English, just kind of like a suggestion." Prabhupada took it like an order. He said that was my an order from my guru. Hmm? In the order of the guru, in the suggestion of the guru, all our wealth is to be found. Hmm? We get so many suggestions because he's afraid to give orders because he knows you won't take the orders. So, <laughs> just, and we just, uh, you know, ignore them. So <laughs> we, sh we shouldn't do that. That won't help us in our chanting. And then the fourth offense is to um, vilify the, the script, the Vedic literatures. So you may have noticed that often I'm talking about bhakti over gyan, bhakti over karma. This is not vilification of gyan and karma which are delineated in the scriptures. This is for the sake of explaining, understanding them in relation to bhakti and with the view to awaken faith in the efficacy of bhakti, which is all that's required to tread the path of bhakti. Without that faith, then you are going to have to tread the path of dharma or the path of jnana, or if you have sukriti in relation to dharma, or sukriti in relation to yoga, sukriti in relation to... to um, to, to Gan, having met um, pillars of each of these paths, hmm, then you're, you're bound to tread that path unless we can awaken faith and bhakti in you. Hmm. So there's a pl the point is that there's a place for all of these things. Everything in Scripture, there's a place for it. There are certain types of people. Hmm, and it's all meant, tattu uh, samambhad, you know, it's all, it's all saying the same thing. It's all coming to bhakti. Some ways, directly, some indirectly. So we shouldn't, uh, in the name of bhakti, vilify the karma kanda, vilify the the, the uh, jnana kanda. We, we have to 
put it in perspective as teachers of bhakti, but it has its place. Then uh, what? Uh, what are we on? Four mm-hmm. or four? Five. four? Five. Five. We're on five. So five. Uh, well, one. You shouldn't um, kalpanam harinam nikalpanam. You shouldn't uh, think that the 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 virtues, the glories, the efficacy, as it's spoken of in, in the sacred text about the chanting of the name is is merely an exaggeration. And the point to note here is that there are exaggerations in the scripture. <laughs> scripture does take a poetic license to exaggerate, to get people involved on some level. Hmm? Do this and you'll get that. Don't do this or this will happen to you. Hmm? It preaches on different levels to different people. Ragmarg is the love thing. It's not even a preaching. But we come down to Vaidimarg and we, we explain it from that uh, from there, with with a view to go to, to 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 rise to a, a spontaneity. Not that we want vaidi bhakti for vaikuntha, but we want some vaidi in our ragnuga because it's re- it's required in the early stages to give to support to our budding interest and eagerness at such ideal. This is called ajata ruchi, rag bhakti. What's the meaning of rag bhakti without ruchi? <laughs> the generous term is without ruchi rag. It means Vaidhi Bhakti with a view to attain the Rag Marg. So, at any rate, the scripture in the Puranas you'll find many exaggerations. There may be even a fear impetus that's put out there on the low end. There's a duty impetus that scripture speaks from. There's a love impetus. There's a prospect impetus that duty speaks, that the scripture speaks from to get us involved. But with regard to the holy name, there are no exaggerations. It's Krishna himself. He can do anything and, and, and more than what's been described there. And therefore, it's been said, even in the reflection of his name can give liberation, can, can purify us of all uh, karmic repercussions. And the pure name, of course, will give us love of God. We'll go on to that. But sixth offense, then, is, um, is to give some interpretation to the name. Um, Mahabhu was asked by Balabacharya that uh, if he could if he would listen to his explanation of the holy name and, and Mahabhu said all I know is he is Shamsundar and Yashodanandana he's saying what Mahabhu was saying there is, all I know is that the name is non different than Krishna that's all I know about it that's my interpretation no interpretation the name What's in a name? So much. Hmm? What's in a name, they say. Then they say, did you get his name? Right? Did you get their social security number? Then uh, that's your name in these days. Then your whole identity, it's identity theft, right? Hmm? So name is important. Name of Krishna, non-different from Krishna. We are so much identified with our name, so much non-different from our social security number that our whole savings can be taken, our whole house can be taken from out from underneath our our identity, if the name is taken, what to speak then when we come to this spiritual side? The name is non different than the form of Krishna. So he had made no interpretation of the name. We could come up with some fancy interpretation, and, uh, uh, but this is not, we're supposed to follow in uh, the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So then, seventh offense is that uh, you may. Devotee may, even an advanced devotee may, by force of circumstance, fall back 
uh, or do something unbecoming. Hmm. Of course, then immediately you'll think, well, how did that happen? And, 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 and go on. But a premeditated uh, uh, and calculated engagement in, in, um, in, in activities unfavorable to bhakti hmm? um, with the idea that, well, I can sin and I can chant, and chanting is more powerful, like I described earlier, so I have the best of both worlds here. This is uh, unbecoming. Nam no hi, bala, papa, buddha sin. This kind of mentality is, 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 should be something like that, should be avoided. Hmm? Then the eighth offense is, uh, is to consider that the yagya of chanting, it's kind of a yagya, yapa, japa yagya, namsan, kirtan is a yagya, it's a sacrifice of the name that that is equal to other types of sacrifices that are given in the Veda, like this sacrifice here. This is a, this is a, we bring this as an anga of the, of the of the of the ceremony. But the real ceremony here is the imparting of the of the of the mantra and the blessing, from the and the, and, the, and, the, and it's an imparting of the faith and experience of the guru in the seed-like form uh, to the to the disciple. So anyway, this chanting. This is not like any other horse sacrifice, cow sacrifice, this sacrifice, that sacrifice. They're not the same. Hmm? And then the ninth offense is to give the holy name to people who don't have faith, shraddha. So, do you have faith in the name? Because if you do, don't, I can give my blessing to you. And if I do, then I make offense. So, guru should not make a business out of this. And when he finds a rich man in the community, want to quickly make him his disciple. Hmm? No. <laughs> I haven't found any of those, right? I'm not guilty of that, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> There's a nice story how um, uh, Gorka Shordas Babaji Mars uh, Siddha um, in, in uh, Godamangala, Mayapur, Navadvip, place of Chaitanya pastimes, and there was a rich man, a wealthy man in the community. He had everything. He had, you know, a good wife, good children, good house, and he knew somebody in the government, and you know, he had all his bases covered, right? So he and he thought the only thing I don't have is a guru, and I so I want to have a really top guru, so I'll have every you know I'll be really paka, really ripe. And so he thought, Gorkishore, he's a, he's a, uh, a renunciate saint. Everyone knows he's renounced. I want him to be my guru. So Gorkishore was living in a field where people come and pass stools so that people wouldn't bother him. Hmm? So this fellow came out there and he said, I want to take initiation from you. And uh, Babaji Maharaj said, yes, no, no problem. And he said, and I will do, Gurudev, whatever you ask. Whatever you ask, I will do. Because he's thinking, what does he want? You know, a little house. You know, I can. No problem. You know, he may, he's got obviously he's got some desire or something. You know, I can do any. He's not going to ask much. He's not going to tap my bank account too much. Hmm? Whatever you ask for me, Gurudev, I will do immediately. Babaji Maharaj said, "Yes, I have only one request. You sit down here and stay with me. Don't go home." So, and he ran away from that, that place. So, so we should see qualified the students that have faith. Hmm? 
faith in Nam and faith in the agency through which Nam is, uh, is coming to us. Then, tenth offense is that, uh, that you, that you can't grow the boats with the anchor down. So when you chant the name, it will become apparent to you hmm, that I'm holding back right here at this point. Hmm? So we shouldn't, we should let go. We have to let go. We should know I have to work on that point. I have to let go. Hmm? and go forward, I have to pull up the anchor. When it becomes clear, this is where you're holding back. Hmm? And remaining in the bodily conception of life. And then you just, you get it, you go to the talk and you realize, oh, that point really meant was meant for me. I've got to do that. And then you go away and you let, well, maybe it wasn't. After all, by the next morning, there's another way to think about it. <laughs> and all of a sudden you find, why did he make that point anyway? I don't know if that's even right. You know, so the mind is very, very powerful. <laughs> so we should let the name do do his do his do his job. Give him some, some room in our heart to work. Hmm? And uh, there's also an eleventh offense sometimes that's mentioned, and, uh, and that is to chant without attention. That means to chant without determination, to let laziness overcome us, or distraction. I mean, you're chanting and some insignificant thing distracts you and you're going, let's check that out. What's on the news? Hmm? While chanting. This is, this is, this is, this then is the, is the, um, gives rise to all anarthas. All unwanted things will arise out of this. So this, um, we make the uh, connection with the nam through paying attention. Hmm? Then all offenses will go away. And this is kind of the, then our connection to the other side. We go from Nam Aparad to Nam Abhas. The Abhas of the name, the shadow of the name. Sankityam Parihasyam Ba Stobam Helam Eva Vaikunta Nam Agrahana Vaikunta Nam Agrahana We want the name from Vaikuntha, not the shadow of the name. The shadow of the name is mentioned here. Stobam Helanam Sanketyam uh, Parihasyam. So there are four forms that Bhagavatam mentions of Namabhas, shadow of the name. People make the name in a musical presentation. They make let's do music with the name only for entertainment. Hmm? It's their only purpose. Or uh, joking, they say. Have you seen Harry Harry Krishna or something? This is a. And um, then. Um, um, Ankatim, Parihasim, Anyway, four kinds of namabhas. Stobam, Helanam, Eva. Neglectfully taking the name or giving another meaning to the name. Like uh, even, uh, you say, like uh, using the name for like Harinam Vyakarnam of Jiva Goswami. So it's not offense, but you kind of get the pure name, the, 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 the full fruit of the name from this. From this you can get, from Namabhas, you can get freedom from material existence. Just like Ajamil, he chanted the name of Narayan, his son. It was Namabhas, so he, he was he, he was liberated. He didn't he, did, he didn't have to go to to, to uh, Yamaraj, hmm? but he didn't get prem. He had to go to Haridwar, chant the name purely for some time, and gradually he got the prem and he could ascend to Vaikuntha. So Nam Habas, it's like if you chant with attention, it may be a shadow of the name, and you'll feel something from that. You'll feel like 
they say, fired up or it was ecstatic or something like that. You start to feel, it's like the, it's like the sun hasn't arisen, but the day has come. You haven't seen the sun yet, but it's light out, you know, it's about to come. Something like that. Then Purnam, the Shudhanam, that will give us praying. And this is what we cultivate. Shuddha-bhakti, Shudhanam. So we should be aware of these offenses. We should understand uh, what is, uh, makes us eligible for this, Shraddha, how it corresponds with Sharanagati. Hmm? Have faith in the power, the efficacy of bhakti, and never be discouraged. No matter how hypocritical you may feel because of your material desires that draw on you, never give up chanting the holy name of Krishna. Hmm? This important lesson, because it may happen. You may feel very hypocritical. Oh, I promised I did this. I wanted to chant. And so, just see my condition. Don't, don't, but don't think now I'm unqualified. I should put these just put these beads away and keep chanting. The only way to really to overcome any offenses, even for that matter, but speak of material desires, is to go on, go on chanting. So, do you have any question about this? What's next? Give the neck beads. Okay, so we give these neck beads out. And they protect you, they, it said, from all kinds of things. I heard someone say that they protect you from radiation. <laughs> the nuclear war? I don't believe that, but... But if you wear them, and you have to wear them, this is how they will protect you. Somebody in the... In the, in the marketplace would say, oh, are you a devotee? Because they know, the devotees wear that. And you go, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm a devotee. <clears throat> Hare Krishna. And then you remember what you're all about, and they'll, they'll protect you in that way. From If you want to do something that, that you shouldn't do, then you think, oh, I can't take off my neck beads <laughs> in the public. So it keeps you out of the bad places and things like that. protects you. So, come forward here. I'll put them on you. There you go. Okay, well, a little tight? A little. It should. okay. You got some play there. I put them on. Okay, he's going to. Okay. Some. Assistance. You can add more to them. Mm-hmm. We'll just could give you a couple more if need be. I. Yes, That's good. Very beautiful. Okay, then. Um, beads. Right. Now, uh, said one thing is that. Um, the name is, of course, supreme, and, and chanting is the supreme religious activity, spiritual activity in Kali Yuga. But it's said in the Bhagavatam also that Kali Yuga is, is a time of hypocrisy and, 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 and in some respects, inauspicious. Um, and there are things that foster that uh, influence, so they're cautioned against. It's said that you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't hoard money. Dangerous, not too much. I mean, you have to have some savings, but um, and it said also that um, that uh, 
we should shouldn't take uh, wherever there's intoxication, then oh, the kali will have a, some room to move there, so that should be avoided. Um, and wherever there's uh, mercilessness, Prabhupada would like to think of mercilessness as as um, being unkind to the, for example, animal species. So to extrapolate from that, we shouldn't eat meat. Hmm? And participate in the. You should have your own cow. I'm selling them, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and then uh, gambling, intoxication. It's been so long since I did any of these. It's hard to remember. Gambling, intoxication. Oh, gambling, gambling. You should have an honest means of livelihood. Hmm? It means um, uh, that that will purify you. Actually, if you have an honest means of livelihood, then you hard day's work. Is, uh, is purifying. So, multi-level marketing is not recommended. <laughs> Careful. <that's it. laughs> so anyway, uh, no gambling and no uh, couple. All right, and uh, stay together. <laughs> uh, don't uh, don't don't cheat on one another. Something like that. This, uh, the, the sexual drive in in uh, is in human society is of course. Materially speaking, what we are all about—it's hmm? not something that's just performed in, in a bedroom. It's what we're all about. It's our whole uh, material being, way of carrying ourselves, expressing ourselves, it, it, the way we think about things, and, and so forth. So it's—it's it's what makes the world go round, really, our sexuality. And so, therefore, it has to be as much as our material being has to be harnessed that that it won't. Take us away from ourself, so uh, our sexuality has to be harnessed. But I don't. I want to be clear that sexuality is more than the act of of sex itself. It's a big thing. Uh, so that's a whole other topic, I guess. But um, <clears throat> everybody universally agrees that sexuality, the act itself, has to be regulated on some level. That's why we don't just jump on the nearest person that we're attracted to in the mall or <laughs> anything like that. So on some level, so we also then draw a, a, a line for that. Hmm? And, um, and the principle behind the drawing of the line, which will be done by different acharyas perhaps differently, because this is, this is a detail, not a principle of bhakti. It's a detail. So there's room for adjustment. Just like the number of rounds for chanting, it's also a detail. Prabhupada asked his disciples to chant 64 rounds. They said that we can't. He said, chant 32. They said, well, we can't do that either. So then he said, well, then chant 16. Then he stuck with that. Hmm? So I just bring this up to say there's some relativity to that, and the chari has to make the discretion. And it is the charya's business, not anybody else's business, to determine what how to instruct the disciple in such a way as to make progress with regards to these things. So, you might see something different here and there when it, different acharyas preside over these types of things, and we should respect the discretion of the person that's taking uh, the responsibility to guide the, the students. So, with regard to sex life, the principle, as I said, as I say, it should be it should be regulated in such a way that 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 it's that it diminishes. So, um, so, um, so you don't don't uh, don't cheat on one another here. Stay stay together, something like that. And um, so, you agree with all that, right? Absolutely. 
Good. So. I have no problem with the water. Right. Neither. <laughs> We're together on that. <laughs> so, um, so now I want you to, uh, I want you to pick a number, any number, hmm, that you can commit to to chanting. You keep it to yourself. I'll ask you about it later. Tell you if it's enough. <laughs> and with regard to chanting, you know, the chanting should be done like this. You pick, uh, you start with the large bead here, with the middle finger and the thumb, and you've practiced, I think, and you chant the Maha Mantra. And go from the large bead around to the small bead. Hmm? It's like climbing a tree. You start at the bottom, you go to the top, pick a fruit, and come back down. Go like that. So once around, from big end to small end, that's one round. Hmm? So you should uh, pick a number. How many times are you going to do that in a day? Think about it now. And always do that. And as the name reveals himself to you and gives you encouragement, then you add more. And don't go backwards. Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, take, start with one and increase up to infinity. Hmm? Prabhupada liked his students to chant 16 rounds. Many of them don't do that all the time. Unfortunately, um, so you don't want to pick a number that you're not going to be able to follow. Then that will be counterproductive, right? So, then um, I'll give you a name it means a name servant of Krishna. It means so your your name is um, your beads and your well first come here. I'll give you the mantra and I'll give you a name right here. Shamlal, Shamlal Das. That's the name for Krishna. The darling Sham, darling Sham Sundar. So, come forward, please. I need some help, I think, here. Pick up her hair in the back so I can get this all over. Thank you. Shy, that's okay. <laughs> so. Very good. Now beads. Chintamani, Chintamani, Tasi. Chintamani means the touchstone. It said Chintamani Dham. Vrindavan is Chintamani Dham. The land is made of touchstone. So you, anything, Nam Chintamani means you can get anything from the name. Nam Chintamani. Nam Chintamani is your name. We'll call you Chintamani for short. Okay? Now, please, all of you, give your well-wishing from your heart to these devotees. They may progress in spiritual life. And with that, then, we'll begin the Homa. Rinam Prabhu Ki Jai.